once again, you have done it, Janet Lee, and you just never, never, never let me down. The way you ripple over that keyboard and the way that you put those harmonies together and play those good old-fashioned songs, thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, here we are again. And this is Seven Thunders Part 13. <coughs> and we are going to have a very interesting study here today. And uh, I would say strap down yourself into your seat belts. I'm going to hit on some things that uh, <clears throat> might make some of you cough a little bit. But you're getting used to, um, to traveling with me in those far-out realms. <clears throat> You've gotten used to um, the Crystal Eye Ministry. The Crystal Eye Ministry upon which people were initiated and triggered into dancing upon the Crystal Sea. It's an exciting time. It's a, it's a time that the Ark 2 is coming up the road. So, there is something that, um, that the Presbyterians teach. Uh, I, I have some problems with most of their teachings. I shouldn't say most, but several things that they teach. Uh, they're sort of into this thing about, um, you know, you're predestined to be saved or lost. <clears throat> but there is something that they say here that's interesting. And it says, Scripture knows nothing of God who foreknows but who does not foreordain. Nowhere in the Old Testament do we meet a God who has, who has to wait until man has made up his mind to choose for or against him. On the contrary, God is described as the absolute master of the human art. Jeremiah says that God can change hearts, taking the old out and putting in a new one in place. It is a symbolic way of saying that man's actions, springing up from his heart, do not lie outside God's plan, but form an integral part of it. Well, that is certainly uh, a view, and uh, I know that in the, um, the eighth chapter of the book of Romans, uh, it does say something very interesting, and I should start off by reading that to you. In the eighth chapter, in the 29th verse, for whom he, meaning God, did foreknow, he also, pre, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. And no doubt that is the very scripture that uh, the statement made uh, in that Presbyterian pamphlet was, um, was referring to. And there is, there is a binding energy of truth uh, to certain aspects of what they teach and say. Uh, but, I, you know, I feel that there is a missing link uh, when they get into the situation that um, people who are to be lost are destined to be lost. And people who uh, have, you know, terrible things happen to them, we're destined to have those terrible things happen to them. And you might be able to guess uh, a Hindu law that uh, basically sort of teaches that same thing, 
but under a different name. And, uh, you know, it has its appeal, but um, the problem is it's not accurate truth. So today, onward we go. There's a few interesting things I thought I would share with you that's up and about with the news. Um, They found some ancient plants in Siberia that, that, that had been frozen for over 30,000 years. And the Russians have been able to take those plants and, and from the, the fruit that was stored of those plants, uh, which were stored in permafrost uh, in, in the Arctic, uh, and were probably, as they suspicion, uh, you know, put there by squirrels. They they have been able to um, to bring those plants back to life, and I know there's another case in which just recently there were some plants found that were oh several thousands of years old, buried under a type of permafrost, and uh, they brought those uh, plants back to life and uh, enabled them to bloom. So. There's something happening on the earth right now about a restoration of ancient knowledge, of ancient happenings, of ancient truth. And um, people are obviously very interested in the subject. The sad thing about that is people get off color and off track on their ideas about what they're coming up with. And a lot of these people that are coming up with ideas are not depending on the Bible to solve it because they don't believe that the Bible has the, off, has the, the answers, but that's just because they do not know the deep interpretation of the 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Now, um, recently over in the Middle East, scientists have discovered a rock that can absorb carbon dioxide emissions directly from the air. What an incredible thing. If you could imagine what that might do as far as being able to be used for the green earth concepts of environmental control. That is something they've found. They're expanding on that. Uh, You know, it's very, very interesting. And, of course, I recently shared with you that CERN, uh, C capital, E capital, R capital, N, N capital, um, out of Switzerland, they have clocked atomic uh, subparticles moving at faster than light speed. These subatomic particles are called neutrinos. Also, in the, the subject of cold fusion, um, a couple Australian-born scientists um, have discovered something extremely unusual. Uh, they took two small nuclei, joined them together to form a larger uh, single nucleus, and then, while releasing amounts of energy uh, that that were along this line, the input was uh, uh, 400 and 400W. And when they got through assessing what the output was, it went from 400W to 12,400W of heat power. 
And so there is something quite incredible, like a path, like a road to puberty. puberty. Uh, I mean, this is, is quite interesting that uh, people are talking about discovering, you know, um, perpetual energy. Uh, well, that could be in the possibility there. And uh, we've taught for a long time that cold fusion was definitely a possibility. So there are so many, 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 many things, you know. And uh, it, it, just, it just is so interesting. Um, <clears throat> I want to um, re-mention that I think it was last week that we, we did some teachings uh, on uh, the word that has been translated in the Bible as demons or demon and showed that there was um, actually other words that could come out of that same translation. Uh, so it could be demons, daemons, and daemons. And uh, that the demons, of course, were fallen spirits. And the daemons were genies from the gene. And the daemons were ghosts. And uh, how that it was very, very important uh, to understand this, because when uh, many times when it was talking about Jesus casting out demons, uh, in the in the uh, peace Bible, uh, it will uh, not in every single case, but in some cases, uh, it will say daemon, uh, because what was happening is people were receiving lattice changes, and lattice is very very important apparently because as Jesus says, the kingdom of God is likened to a net, and of course the net is the sy symbolism of the lattice, and the lattice is the symbolism of a person's, uh, you know, total uh, GNA, uh, DNA, so to speak. So, uh, it, and it's even more and beyond that, which I will, uh, you know, mention here uh, as we're going along into this, because uh, it's, you know, just some beautiful, beautiful stuff. And we don't want to, don't want to miss it. Well, <clears throat> I've, uh, I've, uh, have a connection with that thing about the daemon that I would like to toss into you. Last week we talked about how the scripture talks about the worm, W-O-R-M. And um, and in Job 17.14 and Job 25.6, Job says, I am a worm. In Psalms 22.6, David said, I am a worm. And in Isaiah 41.14, it talks about the worm Jacob. And, and, you know, the, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 66, 24, that the worm does not die. And Jesus in uh, Mark 9, 44 and 48 also reiterated that, that the worm dieth not. And there are, you know, many other kinds of worms, uh, even a, a star called wormwood. And uh, it's, it's just always very, very interesting. A person, when you think of a worm, most of you would no doubt think of a fishing worm. And uh, but you know, uh, worms can can mean a whole lot more than a fishing worm. You know, it it can be something like uh, like a set of germs that form a a certain kind of a body. That could be a, a worm, and uh, and and it can also be 
um, what the the manifest describes it. Uh, this will be the first time I've ever revealed it, but uh, we have a word uh, for the book of life that every human being has. Every human being who has a soul has a beling, B-E-L-I-N-G, a beling. And um, so um, a person could say, and not be incorrect, that a beling is like the worm of life. And it holds everything. It 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 uh, it holds uh, uh, everything that that you are. So in a sense, the word "beling" uh, would mean "I am," and and that's very interesting when you think in terms of um, of the tetragrammaton, which is not referring to us individually, but is referring to to um, God and 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 Yaviel. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, because the four uh, uh, sacred letters are uh, translated by the manifester uh, to to say I am and I am instead of I am that I am or I am who I am. It's I am and I am. So it it shows that there are two I ams, and then of course uh, the Holy Spirit is incorporated uh, within both of these two I ams. Well, it does not seem then to be unusual that, uh, you know, our Father which art in heaven, uh, who the Bible tells us in John that we are to become, you know, like unto the Father. We, we are to be holy as, as the Father is holy. And, uh, and Jesus speaks about becoming one with him. Uh, and uh, he says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The I am and I am is, you know... Uh, it's incorporated, uh, and 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 I and in the representation also <clears throat> of the image of the invisible God. So it's exciting. It's exciting. So this believing this worm of life <clears throat> is something quite absolutely uh, beyond the mental expectation of most people. That everybody would have this believing, and it would it would tell their whole story. Everything that they had ever lived, no matter how many lives they may have lived, it would have all of that information, and and, and all of the information uh, about the body and the bodies and the DNAs, uh, everything would be in that worm, <clears throat> and and that would be the being, the I am, the the I am that you are, would be totally in that worm, and and uh, and it never dies. And, and that's what Jesus said, and that's what the Bible said in other scriptures that I've given to you, and there are even more scriptures than that. So uh, that really does add a character of understanding uh, to uh, this whole, you know, fantastic uh, realization of uh, where we are headed in the uh, opening of our minds to you know, to the to the spiritual place in God. Now. The other day I was talking with a brother, and he was asking me about this 70,000 uh, generations. And uh, most of you people know the, the scriptures for that, like in Psalms 105 and Psalms 90, where it talks about the 70 years and where it talks about the thousand generations. 
And so a thousand, uh, 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 70 uh, years represents a generation, and you have a thousand of those generations. Sometimes there can be a variance of 70 to 80 years, but <clears throat> those represent generations, uh, life time generations, not the 35-year generation where you start having children, but uh, uh, your lifespan type of generation of 70 to 80 years. And then when you multiply that times 70, uh, uh, you know, 70,000 uh, generations or, or a thousand generations, and you go 70 times, uh, you know, a thousand or 70 to 80 times a thousand, uh, you end up with 70 or 80,000 years. And um, the interesting thing is, is that if you turn real fast, we just, you know, have to go over this ever so often, or you're going to have a tendency just not to remember these things. You need to know in the book of Daniel, chapter 12. So in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, there's a very, very important scripture that, uh, you know, sheds light in a magnificent way uh, on, on the whole reality of this teaching that we do. And and here here's you know what it says, uh, but before I specifically say it, I want to say that you know there's all these different figures that you find, and um, uh, they will say things. They will give times like uh, 1,290 days. Uh, there there's different terms like that are given, uh, but what they uh, are doing they're they're broken down between days and some are months and others are years. But if you look at the 12th chapter of, um, of Daniel, and you look at um, uh, verse 7, And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, time, Okay, a time, that's one thing, and a times, that's two things, and a half. So that's three and a half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the, of, of the holy people, all these things uh, shall be finished. Now, um, it's very, very uh, interesting to understand, uh, you know, exactly what will be finished. But uh, when you really read the whole thing that it says... Uh, it, 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 it's very, very clear that, that, uh, it, it is a, it is a final wrap up. It, it, it is a, a finishing of things, uh, in such a way that, uh, that it brings people, uh, to a finish. Now, uh, if you look in, um, uh, the book of Daniel chapter nine, verse 20, uh, 24, here we're talking about 70 weeks. But you see, these are all those symbolic things. Now, why 70 weeks? Why 70 days? Why, why you know, 70 years? Well, because the, the whole revelation of the mystery of the 70 is the idea of the understanding of the Sabbath. So you have the Sabbath of, of days, you have the, uh, the Sabbath day, then you have the, 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 the Sabbath that represents the seven days to the Sabbath, and then you have the land Sabbath. And um, uh, this, the land Sabbath was why the children of Israel were sent to be captives in Babylon, because they broke the land Sabbath. And so here in the ninth verse, it says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. 
Now it's determined. It's it's set by God. It's like that that writing that I read about predestined. It, it is it is set. It is set, and and, and you know it's not something that's going to change. And uh, and so when we're talking whether we're talking the seventy uh, the weeks or the seventy uh, years, it all boils down when it's properly interpreted to a time, times and a half times, and that is roughly like. You know, uh, some people some people say three and a half years, but what it's really talking about is the seventy thousand generations, because it's all about human beings, and the Sabbath thing is is uh, uh, talking about the Lord of Sabaoth. The Lord of Sabaoth, of course, is Yahweh, Jesus our Christ, and so that is so very important for people to to get that down. Now. Um, uh, so it says 70 weeks are determined upon the people. We're in, in chapter 9 of Daniel. We're in verse 24. Um, uh, and upon thy holy city. Now the holy city is involved in this. And to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So we're talking a resolution, a, a finished thing. We're, ta- we're talking about, you know, uh, a finished thing. Uh, everlasting righteousness is going to be brought in and sealed up. It, it's going to make an end of sins, no more sin. It's going to make a reconciliation for iniquity. And... Um, we can see that, once again, even down at verse 25, in about the middle of that verse, it talks about the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. So all of these different uh, uses of that, of the week, of the day, of the, of the years, all come to mean the time, time, and a half times. Now in verse 11 of chapter 12, and from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, the abomina- abomination that make it desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. So the important thing to understand, and this is what the gentleman was asking me, he said, well, when does this thousand generations begin? I said it begins 70 A.D., because that is when the abomination of desolation was set up, set up and the holy city, uh, was destroyed and the temple was destroyed, and so at the and and the daily sacrifice, which was made in the temple, was destroyed. And since that time, they have not been able to make the daily sacrifice because it was only supposed to be made in the temple. So it's destroyed that. But you see, there's something very interesting about that, because in all interesting, uh, in all all reality, there should not be. Uh, anything at all that that has to do with, um, say, for instance, this um, uh, you know uh, this thing about uh, 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 that as we were talking about this, there should be nothing to do uh, with the temple and with that incorporating uh, this in- incredible event uh, uh, that that people have looked at in many different ways. But the thing they have missed is the Bible says in, in a very specific way that the plan of sacrifices that the Jews used to have is not the plan of God. It worries him. He, gave, he, he made a new plan, and he offered Jesus Christ as a living sacrifice. 
and and he became that new sacrifice. So that that that's been destroyed, and, and you know there was a predestiny in that being destroyed. And you know people can say, well, it was the sins that caused it. Well, yes, because it could have been done in a different way. But it wasn't done in a different way because the people would not listen to the word of God, not even listen to the things that Jesus Christ warned them was coming. And in the 24th chapter, uh, he told them that that very temple would be destroyed and not left one stone upon another. And so from that date that that's destroyed, which interestingly happened in 70, 78 AD, and interesting when Peter said, how many times should I forgive a brother? Seven times? He said, no, no, seven, seven times 70. And so we see that the 70 and, and the times table is even rendered by Jesus because this is talking about uh, the, the generations, you know, of the 70,000 years uh, described in, in the 105th chapter of Psalms. So it's important for you to know that for us to go over that because there is so much that ties into it and the understanding of of the uh, regenerations uh, that people will have, uh, where the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, uh, it'll not be how rich you are, it'll not be how smart you are, it will not be how educated you are, it it will not be what land you live in, but it, it you know to every person will be given a time and a chance. So so uh, that is exactly what is happening and that is exactly uh what we are uh, being uh given the opportunities uh to you know to go forward with okay now i've got so much to cover but uh um i read a little bit last uh, uh week from the star rise book uh that has not been published yet it's going to be uh and i just thought well uh I don't have a lot of time, but I should at least take some time, you know, to uh, to to you know to read some of these things uh, because um, they're just they're just important. Um, on page ninety-one, but you you know you don't have a Bible to follow here of the Star Rise, but it talks about Man Wa, M A N W A H and Satan, the impish impish fiend has set one's eyes upon the children of God. Manwa, who is extreme carnality, is the fiend enemy within. Manwa has lavished oneself with unholy desires. Un has taken the bread of the innocent and cast it to the swine. By the force of Manwa's mind, Un breeds fear, hate, and oppression. Un is a destroyer and a disobedient beast. Un's hands are the shadows of darkness. Manwa desires to rule every pattern of the human lattice. Nevertheless, there will come a day when manifested ones of the Almighty One will do more than just resist Manwa. Yes, they will search for Manwa and seek after Un wherever Manwa may be found. As holy prophesiers of the Holy Manifest, they shall tell the secrets of Manwa's lattice. Then shall the empire of Un's power shake and tremble at their marchings. Behold, Manwa shall be broken. Manwa shall be defeated. Manwa's houses, homes of demons, shall be shut up by the millions. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, all who will know valor. Visualize the victory. Fear not to prophesy these words. Flee, demons, flee. Run to your burning graves. Your father, Satan, cannot save you. Go, Satan, ride the pale horse. 
Flee the light right into your own hell. O naked one, stripped of your star, how is it you have fallen so low? The penalty, penalty of sin is with you. The cords of judgment hold you fast. The saints have your number. The compressions of the deep shall press you into oblivion. You will be decoded. Your last sin will perish with you. And then <clears throat> there's another area here <clears throat> called the Wizards of Og. I know I read a little bit of these things to you, but we'll just start it over again. The Wizards of Gog, G-O-G, medicine crafts, hyperbolic injections, mind benders, concentrated focus, super brains and psychedelic pose. Psychodynamic briefings to empower somatic forces. Humans powered, energized from Dragel. Red empires rising from a neurosynthesis of the mind. Transformers, transformers robed in black. Bioengineers with schematics for Opus 666. This is basically talking about the uh, technology and the advance uh, in the days of that uh, time, times, and a half uh, in which there will be such an advance in those 70,000 years that uh, that incredulous things will be known and will be happening. And uh, it, it is going to be uh, quite an, uh, an awesome time to live in. Uh, one of the incredible most awesome things that are going to happen is, um, uh, is the making of the Cosmocrater. Now, uh, the Cosmocrater is... Uh, told about in the Bible. It's, it's not like it's, we're not telling you a bunch of stories here that aren't in the Bible. Almost everything that we talk about, uh, we can back it up with scriptures from the Bible. And uh, it, it, it really makes it uh, quite a, a beautiful thing when, uh, when that can be done because it helps people to, you know, to really uh, better know the truth and to better see how advanced that uh, the Word of God is, how that the Word of God has prophesied these things and known these things far, far, far in advance. So it's uh, you know it's just it's just it's just awesome. There, there, there's nothing that can be said. Um, if you want to look up this word cosmocrater, and it's spelled K-O-S-M-O-C-R-A-T-O-R. K-O-S-M-O-C-R-A-T-O-R. <clears throat> you find it in the Strong's Greek Dictionary, number 2888. Uh, number 2888. I think that's right. I hope that's not a five. I don't think it is. Things 2888. And it says, world ruler, you know, under the power, under the influence of Satan, a Satan world ruler. And uh, this week's claim is uh, when uh, <clears throat> Lucifer uh, takes a body, uh, he finally takes a, a body, but it is a specially crafted body, and um, we're going to read about that right now, uh, which is very interesting, the foretelling of the Cosmocrater. Uh, the K spelling that I read you uh, is the from the Greek uh, uh, transliteration, but when you get it into the deeper English, uh, the K changes to a, a C. So it's like from the cosmos. So it's another way of saying a, the universal ruler. And because crater basically means in Greek ruler. So it's, the uni it's a universal ruler. In the thousand generations of 70, 
See, we're back to that 70 again, and the thousand generations of 70. The end and the beginning shall come many times, for thus speaks the table of the times of cycles and phases. As Christ has come again and again, Christ will always be coming in many times and in many forms, for as long as the universe shall last, kiss the spans, for they are bridges to eternity. Fear not, for Christ is kind to the confused and loving to the lost. Christ is in the form of great individuals, and he will come many, many times to battle the hoary evils that will rise. If you will be on Christ's side, say so. In the scary shocks of advances, minds will speed to catch awareness of their awesome times. Nature will balance the scales on one side, and God will balance the scales on the other side. The final destiny cannot be broken. For in the far of the beyond, before the universe ends, the age of Ion will come and the minds will be lifted high. And the interpretation of that ion, and it is spelt, by the way, I, and then it has a, uh, a super script, R, and O-N. So I, superscript R, O-N. Will come many t- uh, will come will come and minds will be lifted high. Therefore, before the universal end, everyone from the least to the greatest will confess that God is the I am, and the uh, ion with the superscript R uh, O N means uh, you know the uh, the God of reverence. Okay. Uh, but because the reason it has a superscript uh, there is because it is incorporating at the same time two different meanings of that word. One, just the ion without the superscript being in it. And the other with the superscript being in it, uh, uh, meaning the different meaning of the, of the reverencing of God. Okay. But in the meanwhile, in the years beyond the, two, uh, beyond the year 2000, but within uh, that millennia shall come the cosmocrator. Now, it's talking about, you know, the thousand years of the millennia. And, and, uh, and so when it talks about the year 2000, it's talking about, you know, th- that that is just part of the millennia. There shall come uh, the cosmocrator. He will not be born on earth, but he will come to earth from the fourth planet. He is the offspring of a Thevius, and Athevius is spelled A-T-H-E-V-E-U-S. He sells his own orasor, orasol, uh, rights to Dibalus. The shadow of darkness will fall on him. In a dark and evil mind, he will experiment with his own seed that he might be the father of a world ruler. Taking body cells from his own body and laminating them with other cells from bodies of great dead, he will put the laminated cells in an ovum of Sheila, and a son shall be born unto them. When Cosmocrator has come to age, his mind will race high, for he will be bred to rule, uh, and his brain, having been groomed by scientists, will give him conduct of self-control. He will be brave, he will be strong, his mind will soar like a computerized probe in space. But he will be greatly evil, and his sign will be the mark of blur. He will set himself in a rage of power to remake humankind. 
in that remarkable but awesome time, there will be war in hell, for even the devils will not be able to control him. Now, this is when uh, the key is given to uh, Lucifer Satan, and Lucifer Satan goes down into hell, and, and the Bible says that even the dead and the kings are, are, are awakened to his coming, and they go forth to meet him. And that was in the book of Isaiah. <clears throat> in the power of his might and the fullness of his hate, he will uh, persecute all manifestors. He will offer rewards for every original copy of the Holy Manifest, and to all who dare to publish it, he will offer death. Then shall seven wise noble ones rise to stand against him. In sub-audition, uh, they will gain on his secrets. But the cosmocrator shall launch his brain map into space by thousand times thousands of mind probe stations. Wherever the mind probes are, his brain will be linked. Who is likened to him, and from where can you flee from him? The probes run on cosmic energy. Where is the brilliance that can stop them? When flying uh, meteors of space strike and mingle, these mind probes, uh, the, those probes, well by memory, rebound again and again. But genius of the seven, and these are, are, are the seven that are to, to, to rise up, that I read to you here, genius of the seven will invent a smart virus whereby to infect every probe station of the cosmocrator that comes near the hideaway of the manifestors. And it will be that when the manifestor calls upon I.M. for help, that M. will send the star angels to divine for them. So will it be. Angel influences in their star courses will divine by petitions for the manifestors against the world forces of the cosmocrator, and there will be a revenge of nature stirred up against the plans of, com of the cosmocrator, so that massive disturbances in the galaxy will begin to cause atomic inversion storms and streak explosions such as never seen by the generations of the cosmocrator's time will cancel energy and matter formation in blotches and streaks here and there. And there shall occur in those storm areas where there are weak, unstable bonding links of atomic uh, formations, whole sections that shall blow apart and dematerialize. There shall be many buildings standing together, and one or more shall fall, yet other buildings in the same group location shall remain standing. So shall it be with, with every living and unliving thing. The terror of it all shall cause the masses to blame the, the cosmocrator, for they shall believe uh, it, its cause to be his experiments. Massive throngs shall revolt in wars against cosmocrator police robots. A great dying will take place. Cosmocrator will survive these wars, uh, but his authority and demeanor will never be the same. In a few, um, uh, in a few years, he will die suddenly, when, a, when an embolism explodes in his brain, his body will be entombed in a capsule and fired toward the sun. 
Then shall the seven wise and noble manifestors and their followers of the holy manifest revelation return to their home planets. A time of peace and a time of knowledge will sweep the solar system. The holy manifest revelations will be imprinted on discs the size of a small jewel, and, uh, and of its knowledge even the children shall know. In the long of time the holy manifest revelation shall stand and be vindicated by many acts of procession. Many educated voices shall rise against the holy manifest revelation, saying this cannot be, for this law is broken, or that this fact applies. But as the scroll of time unrolls, those things in the holy manifest revelation which seem ridiculous to some persons will be certified. When the truth can no longer be denied, many former denouncers and many uh, religions will come to kiss to kiss the uh, words uh, uh, just a minute, will come to kiss the lovely words of its knowledge. All of these things must be so until the thousand generations of seventy years are finished. Then new breeds of conscious life shall strive, uh, rise to strive for the aura uh, soul. Whosoever will perceive, so let it be. So I, that was as I had promised you. I would read that, and uh, you know we'll do some other readings. Uh, but uh, I think uh, that you certainly have to find that interesting. We want to carry on with uh, some things. Uh, we're going to go now to the uh, <clears throat> to some things in the uh, Seven Thunders book, uh, and uh, I want to read um, over here. Um, let me just get the right page. Um, 189 in the, in the, in the uh, Seven Thunders, page 189, and we're going to read uh, the, the writings of the scientist uh, called Minaha, Minaha, M-I-N-N-I-H-A. I've been appointed to present the collective meshed viewpoints of the nobles, dukes, scientists, and mathematicians. It is believed that the blip force has perfected encodes for a transition network that will place it, uh, or it will place it or them in a universal uh, superposition. Uh, in this sense, they are a threat to our survival. Uh, configuration space. Uh, uh, <clears throat> see, in a sense, they are a threat to our survival. Purportedly, they are sculpturing their own curved configuration space by using lattice frameworks suggested from several kinds of multi-layered holographic projections. In their triumph of cleverness, they have solved the paradox of how to move principal processes backwards and forwards. Consequently, the blip force energy is not detected because it moves in specific circular levels. That uh, do not radiate energy. Accordingly, they have secured how to affect pressure points of vast uh, regions of occupied space uh, based on universal law that, that, that volumes vary inversely with pressure. Consequently, they can decrease their appearance of presence gauged by volume of their energy uh, by decreasing the regional pressure points through using the means of protracting those pressure points to angular structuring. Uh, 
Their mastery of the forwards and backwards spin processes, uh, processes allows them to use energy rotation uh, systems that can move from uh, minus to plus states by the sheer control of their rotational of energy spins to convolution or involutional states. In other words, the blip force may be moving from energy crest uh, to energy crest from energy crest to energy crest by using a quantized angular momentum that creates the resonance flow they use for space travel from configuration of wavelength to wavelength. It is speculated that by using their said methods to traverse space in the directive of negative time, they can travel faster than the speed of light. Keeping in mind, we are using the term time as an agent of medium uh, of language. Consequently, it is conceived they may be using antimatter energy to shunt to points of matter and using matter energy to shunt to points of uh, antimatter energy. Further, it is proposed that if their projections are ignited, ignited mentally, it will be by the use of bionic systems to aid their transitions between pro and contra forces, such as reflecting mental antimatter changes into the antimatter bionic probe encapsulated in a neutral shield that allows such uh, reflections to be retracted harmlessly to the participator's brain. However, if the transition involves actual body transport, the vehicle must be capable of switching into shields neutral to matter or antimatter. It is agreed that while these estimates may be um, uh, estimates may be correct, none of them actually offers solutions as to how to resolve our present crises. Uh, Tanzia, Tanzia proposed that a retrieval of the impressions made by the blip force was possible through the Soundron, but interpretation would take far longer than this present emergency could afford. The only solution presented by uh, presented is by Lufer whose presentation uh, presentation the conference collectively uh, agreed to decide upon okay and then we're going to um, we're going to uh, skip over um, to page 195 the root chair we read a little bit of it last time going to hit it again then entered Lufer into the surreal compression chamber after having injected himself with BV12 over a period of 12 dawns, Lucifer, himself, Lucifer strapped himself into the root chair, a chair which parts were engirdled with fibrous strands that veined throughout the huge wall-to-wall reflecting mirror into which the root chair was attached. The root chair was constructed of a conglomerated substance formed out of a nano-vibrational developed crystalline bulk a particular kind of condensed matter. This crystalline substance is a highly sensitive for optical and magnetic image tracing and is enhanced by the nucleity effects of ionic uh, uh, isomer uh, diffusion. Uh, across to the opposite side, a sensorium, or sensorotron, uh, that sensortron, S-E-N-S-O-R-T-R-O-N, sensortron screen, replayed holographic vibes by pulsing colors that formed telltale images in a kind of virtual reality. 
As Lufer sunk deeply into a subconscious mode, he began uttering uh, uh, assured kinds of sound from his mouth. Suddenly from Lufer's uh, pro- uh, projected vision of mine, a pronounced ray uh, secanted into a uh, juxtaposition of images. As Lufer concentrated his projection to swoo in on the word line of the blip force, a curve in space-time appeared which began joining positions of a blip particle in its was and present and future states, caught up in a riptide of centrifugal gyrations and passing from intrinsic angular momentum to intrinsic angular momentum, Lufer merged into a great energy density, nonetheless Lufer kept repeating, I must not lose connections. I must not lose connections. I must find the master switch. I must find the master switch. Suddenly an awareness of magnetism in some inexplicable way, different from various magnetism, uh, propounded his being. Uh, Unpaired uh, electrons uh, danced in a glorious uh, uh, pavani, in a kind of bonded, unbonded, uh, covalent, uh, covalent bonding, as when two ions are supplied by one atom. The unpaired electrons took turns spinning in each one's own atom. Uh, the unpaired electrons turn, took turns spinning in each one's own uh, pyrrhetic moment. Pyrrhetic moment. In this superconduction of electricity, magnetism was no longer limitary due to its reorientation of its negative-positive forces. With a great clarity, it began to dawn on Lufer that the blip force had learned how to cause any element or energy substance to emit a kind of electromagnetism. The blip force combined electrons of every source to raise electrostatic interaction and then flowed in their dance rhythms and energies of spin-switching Lufer realized. Lufer, this is why we, they were they were so undetectable. Then Lufer made the grandest of his discoveries. The blip force was not here. It was only their projection that was present, for they were projected via negative energy into the future, a kind of dual presence, a first presence in one place, a counter-presence in another place, quite different from Lufer, who was projecting a, a, a coterminous time. Uh, for Lucifer to join the blip force, he must project a double-jointed projection, first by isomer projecting as just being experienced into a present time of the world line, second to deflect from the first isomer image another isomer's image back in time to the blip force. At the instant of that thought, Lufer was joined to con- join, jolted to consciousness by an alarm sequencer that warned Lufer his body stress had reached maximum tolerance. The root chair, chair turned off and Lu- Lufer slowly regained composure. Lufer would rest and contemplate his next venture before his return to the wondrous root chair. In the the phrases and idioms of locution, many were the, the the words registered of noble expressionism. But of all the great and unique, abstract, transcendental, and, and idea, uh, ideological or, or ideational presentations, none were more succinct of point, synergistic of harmony, uh, pre, um, uh, pretissimo, pretissimo of action, um, and lovely of speech than, than the purified words of Tudu, the noble and poet.
and I won't read those since I didn't last time. Uh, and so um, um, I'm, I'm going to um, to probably, uh, you know, uh, uh, stop there and uh, of that part of, of, of the book and uh, skip forward just a little bit uh, as we, uh, you know, as we um, uh, bring this particular part uh, to a close. Um, and, and I want to... Um, uh, then make a conversational uh, uh, for me to you uh, uh, mention of uh, just how important that this story is for the future for people. <clears throat> Page 208. It was, it was as if I, Manifester, was destined. This is about a little over halfway down, and it's in dark bold. It was as if I... I, Manifestor, was destined to view the life of a whole Luma universe. For I, re I remembered, as Luma winked its last wink, the universe of Luma crossed the celestial equator of time to its end. The compendiums of, of epitomines, uh, the, the compendiums of the, the epitomies, uh, Luma would exist, nevertheless, as a universe, uh, its contiguity, uh, closed, receded to vanishment, in glories and contrarieties, becoming frozen in dots of foreverness. And so it was, after the course of eons of eons, when the, Luna, when the Luma universe came to a close, those who had risen of soul transcended, and those who were unrisen of soul uh, ceased to be. So it was, and will be forever and ever and ever, uh, 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 for the Bim 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 became angels of the message, and Gabriel became Gabriel, archangel of the Bim Bim Bim, and Lucifer became uh, second in command to Gabriel of the Bim Bim, and it was so the collective minds of the Bim Bim became the second thunder of the spirits of God, who would eventually be part of the seven universes. Each universe of overcoming uh, overcomers plurally represented by one plural spirit and as such becoming a part of the holy commission which would eventually make up the seven spirits of god in the name and the power of the invisible god who is the ultimate god and by all of the representatives of the invisible ultimate god in the foreplanning of creation the ophanims beget the luma universe with a song as well in some great future it will be that transcendent Bimbims will re return to beget a whole new universe. For each universe of overcomers will oversee a whole new universe and its numbers of beings, as uh, as uh, and as such happenings will continue for worlds on and on. And uh, we we see at the uh, the the uh, very. Uh, beginning of uh, of the book of the seventh uh, of, of the second thunder, that it tells us um, there, and let me just read it real fast. I'll find it in just a jiffy here. It tells us that uh, the um, the second thunder uh, people. Uh, <clears throat> and let's see if I've got it here. Um, that they were, that they were, that they were, um, you know, a special kind of people, and this is uh, on page one fifty one 
uh, the second thunder, the second universe, the Luma. The second universe, the Luma, was a universe of beauty. In this universe, the gods spoke words by rays. And they would say one of another, Behold, here comes the one that speaks the blue light. Or there is the one that speaks the purple light. From this universe transcended the Bim-Bims, the noble ones, who as dukes were supreme lords of high sensitivity and articulate culture. The Bim-Bims, on a future mission, became known as the Cherubim. And that is what I'm going to stop at for my readings, I believe. out of the, Oh, no, there's one other reading I have to do out of here. Okay, so if you want to turn with me, and this is going to be very interesting where this leads to. Turn to page 285 in the uh, the uh, Seven Thunders book. And this is called The Subject of Infinity. Yada, a brilliant scientist and mathematician, proposed the subject of infinity, to which the crew excitedly responded and requested Yada... Now, the, a lot of their names were the same. They were called Yada, but they would they would pronounce them with different tunes. So one might be Yada, and another might be Yada, or another might be Yada, Yada, and and they all had different ways. And and so people would recognize by how that their name was pronounced, which particular Yada that it was even though like a lot of their names were all the same. It was Yada, but they all had a different way of saying that name and then recognizing that name. <clears throat> all ears were intense as Yada began uh, Un's discourse on infinity. I, Yada, say, spiritual infinity abounds in the everywhere of holy perpetuity. Perpetuity. There we go. It abounds in the everywhere of the holy perpetuity. This is because the God uh, I am's spirit is everywhere, and M's duration is unending. Since God's aura core soul is the ultimate of existence, it is manifested that spiritual infinity derives its definition of being and its actuality of being from its meaning in God. So then, spirituality. Uh, spiritual infinity consists of God. Now, just before I get into the reading of the rest of this, I do want to go back and comment on this thing about the blip force and the second universe uh, to, to say, if in case someone would say, well, now how does all that information, how, how does that, that help us? Well, there's a lot of, um, of, of, of mathematical uh, information in there that is quite advanced and there's a lot of spiritual information in there that's quite advanced and as we get f uh, further advanced into time like uh, the human race right now is barely advanced out of paganism people are still very beastly very animalistic they're very much in the uh, living in the dark paths of of, of you know, uh, the things that belong to the dark principles and the dark forces uh, but as we start getting further up the line, then uh, some of these things, like uh, I read to you about the Cosmic Crater and all of the advanced uh, kind of uh, equipment that the Cosmic Crater will be using, well, uh, this is to give people a hope in those times, to show how uh, the, 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 the people were up against this uh, incredible force 
the, the bim-bims. And it was very advanced. Uh, and it took this one person, sort of like David with Goliath, and, and sort of like uh, different stories like that throughout the Bible, where one person uh, did, took a stand and was able to do uh, a miracle of almost the impossible against the odds. And uh, so it's a story of that type of a thing, showing people that even in these great advanced uh, eons of time, uh, and as time has moved forward, there will always be a person that God will raise up and God will use uh, to do marvelous deliverances. And, and so that is an important thing to have to be able to focus on and to help uh, people in, in the, the, the uh, 70,000 generations of the future. Okay, now we're back to uh, page 285, the subject of infinity. So then, spiritual infinity consists of God, the one of ones, the prime ultimate being, of infrangible love, the one, the corporate, Traladicious. Now this is a Trala, so it's a very cute word. T R A L A Trala Tidious. Trala Tidious. Or I sometimes I'll just say Traladicious, but it's really not a D in there. So it's Trala Itius. And uh, and uh, it is a uh, an interesting word uh, that that means figurative reference, and it's at the bottom of the page here, as in the figurative transference of the Godhead essence and spirit into uh, figural signs and symbols. So it's the uses of words in a figurative and metaphoric uh, 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 rendering. Of, of a very divine uh, nature uh, of God. So this trala, uh, uh, you know, uh, tidious, uh, it says the one, the incorporate trala tidious head, uh, being God as a corporate mini one. The prime, primus glory. That's really beautiful wording in here. You know, the one uh, trala tidious body, all being individual, the spiritual infinity of the one and all. <clears throat> Outside of this uh, trilativity of God, there is only the nonosphere. The nonosphere is everywhere that spiritual infinity is not, and its duration is unending because there will always exist somewhere, sometime, a nonosphere ranges of outer regions. Uh, we're on page 286. The nonosphere, uh, the, the, the bleakness of, uh, of uh, nullity, is also called physical natural infinity. Physical infinity exists out of nothing because it is nothing. It is zero. Um, nothing is explained in other places. We won't have time to go into that. But we've also explained that before, that the power of the meaning of zero. Because in the, uh, the, the quotum uh, uh, logistical rhythmatics, uh, the power of zero is that if you, if you put it next to a one, you can change that one into ten. Or you can change that one into a hundred or into a thousand or into a million or a billion or a trillion. So the power of zero is quite equipping of capability. Uh, to make any uh, fixture number 
to be worth many times than what its print out of, of digital information is uh, based by the addition of those zeros, which you could call nothing, but they become something just by being put in, in, a, in a, a special position. <clears throat> All universes that have ever existed have existed in the nonosphere, which is physical infinity. Physical infinity is created from imaginary information. There is no birthing in the spiritual infinity. All birthing takes place in physical infinity, which is the nonosphere where tonal imaginations phototransition into forms. Consequently, even though physical infinity is imaginary, it can in its own risen forms have its own imaginaries and abstract constructions that produce what some entities call faith. The sole dimension of God is the dimension of one, the Alpha Aleph, Aleph, the Alpha Alpha Aleph, the Monad, the spiritual one, the prime ultimate. Spiritual infinity is the Omega Aleph, the prime, primus glory. And now you know what those two words are as you see them used in this very uh, special connection to the Trilatidius, uh, Alpha Aleph, which is the head, and the Omega Aleph is the rest of the body. Um, now, we're going to, from this teaching here, in the Genesis, which is all about the to be, because it's talking about the imaginary aspect that is in the, the zero zone, <laughs> of the imaginary, uh, you know, uh, virtual reality type of, uh, of nonosphere, and yet how that, that nonosphere becomes uh, the universe and becomes physical infinity, and how it has a position that is side by side with spiritual happenings. So we're going to take this now to the book of, uh, of Genesis, and uh, this is going to be quite an experience for some of you as we get into this. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Now, if you were the fortunate person to be a owner and a possessor of the Peace Manifest Bible, the things that I'm going to be ministering to you today would be explained uh, in it. But uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight on this absolutely incredulous interpretation uh, that is in the Bible here from um, the uh, Peace Bible and how it ties in to this uh, prime primus and, and, and this special aspect uh, of the imaginary and how that, that is always... Uh, always uh, uh, presented and possible. And that's why in Genesis, it tells about how that uh, these uh, people uh, began to build these uh, great high towers and that it was seen by the, the, the gods that there was no limit uh, that they would be able to do w with their imaginations. That they, you know, they were trying to reach like up into heaven from these, from these uh, uh, particular uh, towers. Uh, the main idea was to get up there 
to be closer to the stars so they could get a, a better bearing on being able to reference the stars and to uh, come into interpretive meanings of what these stars might represent in uh, symbology uh, and, and other kinds of, of things. But, uh, but you know, the, the gods were able to see that. Okay, here we go, chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, in the uh, Manifest Bible, we posit that, uh, that it's very clear here that if the earth was without form and void, and there was just darkness on the face of the deep, that the earth as we understand it is earth. Uh, did, did not exist because in a uh, 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 a, a deeper uh, verse here uh, in verse 10 it says that God called the dry land earth well at this moment uh, you know there was no dry land and there was no form and it was void so when the Bible says and, and, and the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light. Uh, in the 17th chapter of uh, Revelations, verse 15, the Bible says that waters can represent people, nations, tongues, kindreds. So um, when we are looking at the waters here, uh, it is actually a deeper explanation of the word God, uh, which when you uh, uh, properly interpret it, and you don't get caught up with uh, uh, trying to uh, take the singular uh, verb uh, to to uh, make this a, a, sing, a, a this singular make this a singular uh, meaning, uh, you know. Um, but but when you begin to understand that it it is a plural word, and contextually you can't take uh, that one verb action and use it to destroy the plurality, because in other places in the scripture. Uh, this plurality is mentioned. And so we are talking about the plurality, the gods. But another way of saying them is waters. Now, why would they, would they, they put it like this? Well, uh, this is because the gods, which in this case were the Ophidim, they had gone down into, uh, in, into uh, uh, the matter to spirit the matter uh, and and to I invoke creation, and so they are described as these water energies, you see, and that is uh, is a very quite beautiful thing, and and it and it it is a reminiscent in Revelations of the term the sound of the many living waters. So here the sound of the many living waters was happening in creation, and that's what these waters were doing and they were the gods the elohim you know in the beginning god which is a elohim which is a plural you know and 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 here they are then in the creation uh and they are they are moving by the spirit and then the first thing that these gods said is let there be light now when you look up the word light here it is not talking about the sun it is not talking about the moon it is not talking about you know uh, uh, anything else other than aura it is aura itself that it's talking about now aura can be both uh, physical uh, which is which is uh, you know natural physical and or or spirit spiritual 
And so, so there's the making of this aura. Okay. And then God says, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. Now, here's where we want to make a stop. Now, <clears throat> um, there is a selliness that is in here that is, was translated this way. And, uh, and the people become so accustomed to this translation that it would be maybe not simple for, for people to get it out of their vein. But, but uh, uh, it's sort of like this. Here you've got, like m- most people say, well, this is God. I don't believe it was God. So they'll say, I, it was God. Okay, let's just, pro- let's just propose it that way. So we got God, and he makes uh, some light. And then he says, oh, I did a good job on that. That is good. And then he makes another piece of creation. And he says, oh, that's good too. Wow, I'm doing good. Now, if you can imagine that that is how it was, is, and which is the way that the, uh, the church world is basically teaching it, it is absolutely silly. It's got God complimenting himself and saying, oh, that's turned out okay. It's good. And and so it would be like a question mark as if there was ever any doubt if it, if it was the ultimate God that was doing it, the invisible ultimate God. There, he could not do anything but perfection. And so it could not even be a, a possible hint or a question about it uh, not being uh, perfect and as perfect being very good. But the fact of the matter is, is is that was not the best translation that was given there, and uh, and because that was not the best tra- translation, uh, that uh, it was very very unfortunate, uh, you know. And we want to talk about that, and we want you to really listen to this because if you go into the uh, the Hebrew, uh, you know, dictionary of the uh, concordance. And uh, <clears throat> Strong's Concordance, and you go to uh, to its reference number twenty eight ninety six. It comes from the from the prime root twenty eight ninety five, and the word is to be. To be, so in the Manifest Bible, we don't say, you you know we don't say and God saw the light that it was good. We say, and God saw the light that it was to be. And there are, uh, uh, you know, there are other kinds of wording uh, in the Bible, uh, in Genesis, uh, that goes along with that. Like, for instance, in verse 15 of chapter 1, at the, at the end, where it says, uh, uh, well, I would just read the whole 15. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And it was so, and then is relative to, uh, and, and, uh, and it was to be. And the idea of it, it was good is very important that that is not there because there actually during this creation were some things that happened that was not good. And so if everything that, was, that, that, that God said was good, I made this good, you know, and then all of a sudden it turns out some things to not be good, uh, it just makes God look silly. But when you really understand, if you, if you really go into the study of this, 
uh, and and you you really check that out in this particular case. Now that doesn't mean that there's not some of these terms that were used uh, to mean good, but 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 uh, you know it was not good in the same sense as a descriptive, uh, you know, uh, of of a a, a state. You know, and it was more along the line of sort of poetical. You know, oh, this is good, sort of a poetical thing. What well, did not have, <clears throat> does not have, <clears throat> does not carry the same uh, inferences as as you know what we were been talking about. So um, anyway, uh, <clears throat> I hope you're all still there uh, listening. And uh, really getting this and understanding it. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> All right. Now this is very important that you that you that you get this, because every place then that it says and it was good. You have to say and and either you say and it was so like also in verse nine. And God said, "Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear." And it was so. So th- those were the two uh, things that were being used. It was so, or it was to be. But they, you know, they, these translators, feeling poetic, they put in there, and it was good. Okay, so uh, 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 we're going to skip on through some of this, this reading, uh, you know, because you can add all of those places and all those different days. There was a, the first day, and remember, in the second uh, chapter of... Uh, of of uh, the book of Genesis, it's, it says uh, that uh, that these days were generations. That's the fourth verse. Speaking of those seven days, it says these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day. So so a day represented a generation. So this creation took place over quite a vast period of time. And uh, and we have to understand that it wasn't twenty four hour time that it, that it took place in, and uh, so and, and we could give you all kinds of proof of that, but that's not really our message today. Then later, when we start getting into the fourteenth um, verse, God said, "Let there be lights in the firmament uh, uh, of the heaven to to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, and for days and years." Now we have star time. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And God made two great lights. And and now we're talking about the sun and the moon. Because they, they didn't get created until like in the 14th through 16th verses. And 17th verse, and God set, set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And so we, we, we see the quite the difference of that kind of light than the first kind of light uh, that was uh, was aura light, okay? <clears throat> and uh, and then in the 18th verse, and when it says, uh, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. Well, that's not what it should say. God saw that that it was to be. And uh, which is very similar to, to uh, uh, like in the ninth verse and the other verse I read to you, and it was so. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> All right. Here we go. Now, um, 
we teach in the Holy Manifest that it was on the fifth day, on the fifth day that uh, Lucifer uh, began to control the creation that was going on on the earth. And that um, he had had sent these signals and they were, that were being put in to the creation. And um, there is a perfect story about that in the 13th chapter of uh, Revelation. <clears throat> and so we'll read about that right now. Don't lose your place in, in Genesis, of course. But if we go over here to uh, Matthew 13, here's what it says. Verse 24. And another parable spake he unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven. Now this is a big subject. It's likened to a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, the, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was, was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we should go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while we gather up the tares, we might also destroy the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the, until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather you together first the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into the barn. Now, it describes the meaning of this, uh, you know, uh, in verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him and said, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. This is Yahweh, the Lord. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. Now, of course, this is this is already understood and known that uh, the children of the kingdom were, of course, the Ophanims. And, and prior to the plan of it being the Ophanims, it was a plan for there being uh, new creations coming forth who would come into the consciousness of God and be able to ultimately uh, gain souls. <clears throat> All right. So let's go on with it. And uh, so he, uh, uh, so the, the, the good seed is the Son of Man, verse 38, the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. There you, there you have your Satan. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. Now there is an incredible revelation, and there is a scripture that shows us that during the time when the planting was going on, the very planting that, that we're talking about for the uh, generations of, of, the, of the days of creation, that during that very time, when, when, when the, the whole planning for creation was going on, because the references that it gives here, you know, isn't about some person's little private uh, harvest field, but, but it's about the whole world. And it's about the children of the kingdom. And, 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 and the terrorists are the children of the wicked one. And so there is something that happened there that was done 
and it was done by the devil. And uh, and uh, so these tares represent the offspring or the genetic uh, influence that was uh, uh, that was uh, put into to to the human beings at that time, and how that uh, uh, that genetic influence then began to have uh, an incredible effect. Uh, 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 it, it was put in capsules so that those effects would only begin to, you know, crop up uh, at at certain uh, generations of time. But but uh, uh, it it all ties in. Then we show that this is happening uh, right here in Genesis on the uh, the fifth day. Uh, and in the nineteenth verse, it says, "In the evening and the morning were th- were the fourth day." And uh, so. Um, uh, we uh, let me just take a break here real fast, and then we'll get started with this next verse. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right. So, so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. That's nineteenth verse, uh, cha- uh, verse twenty. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmaments of the heaven. And God created great whales. Okay, now we have something that has happened here. You have to remember that Lucifer has his own, his own angels. He is uh, co-owned. And he has thousands and thousands of his angels. So now when we are saying gods, and they are meaning Elohim, we have definite proof from the Bible that the, the gods that are, that are the, the gods on the principalities of darkness side, they are called lords and gods, very clearly in the Bible. And the, the gods that are on the good side of the principalities of light they are called gods. They are also called messengers, which is translated angels. So now we have, uh, when 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 it when it says God made the this thing or made that thing, we have to understand that it's it's, it's generally talking about angels, and some of these angels were 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 angels of of Lucifer. Uh, and 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 some of these things were were them as messengers carrying that message to be sure that the that the 144,000 angels implanted that and 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 it was put in. So so uh, the sleep then in the 13th chapter of Matthew would represent a sort of a, a hiatus in which. Everything had sort of come to uh, a changeover, in in which uh, there was, you know, coming a recognition uh, of uh, some of the input from Lucifer, who was acting as the covering angel over two two thirds of the stars uh, of the Ophanim, and and right here on the, is where he actually gets really involved with the creation, and and uh, we can see, for instance. Uh, how this works in the Bible, uh, we see that in um, um, 
in the book of, of Chronicles, Second Chronicles, the Bible says that when Moses, uh, when uh, David counted the people, which was not something that God wanted him to do, but God had said, "Don't count the people, just believe that I will protect you in any war." But David wanted to count them, so he went against God and he counted the people, and then there was a judgment that was to come because of that. And the Bible says in Second Chronicles that 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 Satan stood up. And he put this pressure on David, and he caused David to want to count the people and convinced them to count the people, and it was Satan that did it. But when you go to the, the book of Samuel, and you read the same exact story described in the book of Samuel, it says that the Lord stood up and did this. Well, people said, well, that's a contradiction in the Bible. In the one place it says Satan, in the other place it says Lord. But the fact of the matter is, it's the same person. It's the Lord Satan. And, and some people just can't get that in their brain, that Satan is called the Lord. But he is. And the word means master, for one thing. And he is a master. And, and, and the Bible tells it in Ephesians 6.12. talks about the principalities of darkness. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, that's all very, very important and, and absolutely uh I mean, it's Bible. We've we've got we've got the Bible right in the thirteenth chapter of the tares, showing that that right in the plan about the world, that that there was this this seed that was sown, and and it was it was the wicked children, the wicked offspring, the 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 co-wound of of Lucifer, and uh, and uh, uh, this is before the war broke out. In in uh, in heaven, uh, uh, described in the twelfth chapter of uh, Revelation, and so then we see that these waters again still they represent these these different angels, and and the word God is gods, you know, and uh, and and God created uh, great whales. Now, when you look up this word, and I, I hope that you take the time to 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 follow through with this. Uh, you you find out that this word is much more important than than would be guessed, because uh, it 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 means uh, you know it it means everything from uh, dragons. Uh, it, it and you know when it says great whales, whales that that was not that was not what it was talking about at all. It was not talking about the dragons. It was talking about you know these these great. Uh, uh, I mean, it wasn't talking about the the whales. It was talking about the the dragons, these great dragons, and uh, 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 because a, a, a whale, just being a whale, is great in the sense of of size and volume. And I'm sure it wasn't denoting some particular uh, uh, whale that was being singled out as being a great, uh, you know, uh, entity of some sort because of something it had done just as it's telling about the creation. No, it wouldn't mean that. So it's really talking about these dragons. And uh, it, it it is so important uh, for everybody to get the grasp on that and to really understand that. Because if you if you miss it, if you don't understand that, uh, you just you you just are are, are missing out on a, a tremendous revelation. It, it it is just you know absolutely uh, utterly uh, important that that you get that. So here we have it right here. This is on the fifth day, on the fifth day. 
that this creation of these of these dragons, the, these uh, le, you know leviathan uh, critters and serpents and and uh, great uh, dragons of the sea, uh, were created. And and it's right there in the Bible. Someone says that you know I didn't think it said anything about about um, the Leviathan and about these dragons. Yes, it does. Right in the book of of uh, of Genesis, right from the very beginning, it is it is uh, telling that that story. And it it the word of God is so succinct. It is so right on, so correct, so advanced. It, it is it is just absolutely uh, awesome uh, how advanced that uh, that these things are that speak about God. It's it's just just beautiful. So <clears throat> you can look that up. Just get in the concordance, you know, and and look up that part about uh, about uh, you know the dragon or, or about the whale. When you look it up, and then you'll see all those other terms and how that. Really, it, you know, it's not talking about a whale. It's it's talking about these dragons. And so now we have, it's very it's very very important that it does not say in verse twenty one, and it was good, because in other words, then it was saying, and it was good that Satan planted these terrors in creation. It was good that he did that. That was never what it was meant to be said. It was meant to be said, and and and, and it 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 was to be. It was to be, and, and and that's what happened, and so that is very important when we begin to we begin to get get that understanding. Now then, unless unless we finished by the twenty third verse, and the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Now after that great long generation day uh, is ending, uh, the there there uh, uh, begins to be uh, you know. Uh, some some settling that has to take place, and uh, and like the beginning of of the war thing uh, has to happen, and and that is why uh, that things begin to change, because in verse twenty six now it 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 has uh, a an accentuated plural uh, in, in verse twenty six it says that God said let us. Make man in our image. Now here's where you've got the cherubim angels, because of the of the 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 things that the the Ophanims did. They are selected out from the creation. They are taken off of the creation. And we know that there is a scripture that um, that it talks about. Uh, you know, uh, everything eventually being recon reconciled, uh, you know, to, to Jesus Christ, which uh, uh, in the beginning, it, it was all reconciled to the whole group of the of the Ophanims. Uh, but then when he tried to save the glory uh, for those Ophanims so that the glory of the creation that they did do would not be lost, then the Bible says that... Uh, he had that reconciled unto himself, and that that was the plan of God. And uh, you you can find that in the Bible. Just do yourself a little research, and uh, it will come up, and uh, you'll be able to see that uh, how that all comes together. And here we've got the the cherubims. Now, when you get into e uh, Ephesians ten 
uh, pardon me, not Ephesians, but e- Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 10, and, and you begin to see that the wheels are being guided now, and they're being, they're being helped uh, by what by, they're called the, the cherubim. And the cherubim are helping, uh, and 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 which, whichever direction uh, the, the wheels go, uh, you know the spirit that's within the wheel and all these things they go together, and so there you have a whole part of the story of an Ezekiel about the cherubims coming in, and and they are now you know taking on these different faces of of the humans and and they're involved in the four uh, you know uh, ultiplex uh, uh, creation acts that the Ophidims were involved in, and they take that over. And, and so they are the ones that say, let us make, uh, you know, man uh, in the image of, 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 of the gods, of what we are, you know. And, uh, and so that's what they did. They didn't make him in the image of the ultimate god because the ultimate god is invisible. They made him in the image of the ultimate god, then all the, all the, the humans that were created would have been invisible. But they made him in the image of what they were because when they came into the sub- subduction zones of the universe, uh, they took on physical bodies so they could do physical work in physical infinity and communicate uh, uh, in the physical ways that would be important for uh, those uh, creatures uh, that have uh, human or physical anatomies. So so then, then that's when... They create man in their image, and uh, and uh, uh, you know, and uh, someone says, "Well, they." It says God blessed them. Yeah, they they blessed their work that they were doing. They blessed their own work, and uh, and they were gods, and they could they they could do that, and uh, and if you don't think that's true, look at what do we humans do? We'll say, "God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister." We 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 bless each other all the time. And angels bless angels, and people bless uh, uh, people, and and so that that is a natural thing to, to to do that, and don't try to make something out of it that that it is, that it isn't. That's very very important as you begin to as you begin to see uh, that whole story unfold. Now, oh, there's so much I'm wanting to cover here today, and it looks like I'm just running out of time. There is a uh, you know as a result of all this, there is a dragon uh, symbology. And uh, and uh, a lot of people may not know this, but uh, th- this is uh, you know in ancient mythology that the the dragon symbology represents uh, human DNA, and uh, and uh, the thrones represents the spirit of God collective. So those are very very uh, interesting things. We talked here of, uh, a couple of weeks ago about uh, Rahab. And this was a a female. She was one. She was represented in the the seas on Earth, uh, you know, of this uh, this female dragon, uh, the female Leviathan, and uh, so it's it's uh, you know all all part of the incredible uh, story about the kingdom of Satan, and uh, and about his uh, you know uh, cast down to Earth and the great fall away that it tells about him and uh that he causes and how that satan can uh, appear as an angel of light uh how that even coming to the earth he comes down as lightning uh and and he has the capability in second corinthians eleven fourteen to transform into an angel of light at any time that he wants 
And, and, and Revelations 2.24 talks about the depths of Satan. Now, <clears throat> we go to Revelations, and uh, what does it uh, show us there? What does it tell us? Well, in Revelations 9, <clears throat> excuse me, and the fifth angel sounded, and a star fell from heaven. It's interesting that the fifth angel, in a way, sort of corresponds to the fifth generation, the fifth day of creation. And, and so what happens on this? Well, this fifth angel, uh, you know, sounds, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him, this star that fell, was given the key to the bottomless pit. And it says, and he who is Lucifer, opened the bottomless pit, which goes along with the, with the prophecy in Isaiah, you know, that, that the dead came to meet him. And it tells who he is in verse 11 of this ninth chapter, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew uh, tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue his name is Apollyon. And, uh, and so he comes to them in this body of the cosmocrator, and they say to him in Isaiah, uh, you know, are you become weak and sense? How come you've had to take on a physical body? And he said, and he starts telling them what he's doing and convinces him how powerful he is. And then he opens up manufacturing right in hell. Verse 2 of, of, of chapter 9 of, of resurrection. And he opens the bottomless pit, and there rolls out a smoke out of the pit, the smoke of a great furnace. This isn't just just some burning hell type of thing. This this is a, a furnace of manufacturing because he's going to be manufacturing, you know, uh, these uh, these locust creatures, and uh, and I really wanted to get into uh, to that, uh, you know, of all these creatures that he's going to be uh, creating. Uh, it's very very interesting how that when it describes these creatures here in the ninth chapter. You know, that uh, it says in the seventh verse, and the shapes of the locusts were likened to horses prepared for battle. And on their uh, heads were, as it were, crowns of gold. Their faces were like faces of men. And they had the hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lion. They had breastplates. So in the in the Holy Manifest, uh, it tells about uh, the, um, you know, uh, that, that the... That the Description here in the Bible is representing, is talking about both the craft, the ship, and the entity. And they're sort of putting together because uh, these entities are assigned to their spacecraft. And, uh, and that is a very important thing. So let's just take a pause here a minute. Here we are. We're ready to uh, to make the point on this. So it's interesting in the fusion that it, it basically shows uh, always, you know, the thing about horses, about animals, and about uh, a creative uh, entity, and and how does that uh, just seems to all uh, go together, uh, just like that Rahab that she's represented in one part of the Bible as a woman, but in another part she's represented as a as a dragon in the sea. Uh, you know, and so those things are uh, very, very interesting. Uh, they're uh, they're not what people expect to be, but uh, and there's all kinds of names that describe all these 
dark legends, you know, Aziel, dragon, great serpent, beast, Satan, Abaddon, Polyon, Watchers, Cosmocrator, and just, you know, King of Babylon, King of Tyrus, uh, the Bad Watchers. Uh, on and on and on, uh, Satan has a government. And, uh, you know, this government that he has uh, uh, is no small uh, thing. And we understand that this thing of happening on earth is very important because as we start getting into the new creations, Zechariah 12.1 says that uh, the, the, the spirit is formed uh, within the human body, within man. That's Zechariah 12.1. So uh, those are scriptures that verify some very, very important revelations that uh, is just meant for us to know. Now, Lucifer, uh, in the legends of the dragon, uh, in symbology, symbology uh, you know, there, there were all of these, uh, these ancient, uh, uh, you know, people that, that lived uh, that, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people do not, uh, do not understand uh, the total meaning of, but uh, uh, I think we have enough time we could just talk about some of these. Uh, there, there were there were the Sumerians. Uh, this is Mesopotamia, uh, South Mesopotamia area. Uh, there were the uh, the Arcadians, the Babylonians, the Assyrians. Uh, all these people were involved in making cuneiforms, and uh, these cuneiforms were uh, clay tablets, and the clay would be soft when they formed the cuneiform, and then they had a stylus, which was sort of like a pen knife, and then they could they could press into the soft clay uh, these, um, uh, these uh, cuneiform figures, uh, which were in some ways si similar to the hieroglyphics of, uh, of Egypt. And, uh, and, and uh, that, would, that was sort of their way of communicating. Now, uh, there have been persons like, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to put him down. I, I'm not demeaning this man in any way, but Zachariah Stitchin, uh, who translated some of these cuneiforms, and uh, and he he you know he's got everything from from uh, the, the the planet X coming down to to uh, you know uh, all these people uh, uh, being gods that came down and and uh, made all these uh, decisions to uh, make slaves out of the out of the humans and and uh, sort of tries to tie it into chapter six uh, in in the book of Genesis where the sons of God married the daughters of men and, and that's not what that was about at all that is not what it was about at all because what that was about was the sons of God were the offspring of Seth who was the the, the son born to replace uh, uh, you know Abel, who had been slain by Cain, and and then they began to marry the 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 sons of God. I mean, the sons of God began to marry the daughters of men, which were these four kinds uh, that are described in the Bible, which I preached about different times to you, of the four kinds of humans, the you know the Euphrates, the the uh, the Hedekel, the the Gihon, the Pison, all these different kinds. Now. They have found, you know, all kinds of other humans that, and, and, and uh, you know, uh, 
and sometimes they've just chosen primates, but uh, they they uh, have tried to uh, to come up with all these names and from these bones that they found, which most of these are just not complete complete set of bones. They're just a few pieces of bone. But uh, there's Homo habilis, uh, habilis, and there's the uh, the uh, Humus erectus. Uh, the humus and Neanderthal, uh, Linsus, uh, and then a new one that they have just recently found in, in, in uh, Russia, you know, and uh, it's you know, very in- interesting, uh, the uh, Densova uh, hominis, uh, uh, you know, and then, of course, before that, going way back, uh, there was the uh, uh, Astropithecus of Pharensis, and uh, there's been all these different kinds of, of, of uh, you know, human bones that they found. Uh, but uh, to a lot of people, their, you know, evolution is a theory in crises uh, because a lot of the skeletal bases uh, uh, that is often not verified. In fact, most of the time uh, when they take and say, well, this particular bone that we got these pieces, this proves that this was a different kind of, of a uh, person or a critter, and and it's a uh, it, it it is a transformation uh, moving from one uh, more ancient person to another, and they all base this on the architectural uh, skeletal uh, basis of the bones, but you can never make a final decision on that without uh, uh, verifying it with the overall biology. Uh, and uh, and a lot of times the all the overall biology would show it to be quite different from what anything that they were showing it to be. So this uh, advanced state of evolution uh, is not really advanced. It, it you know there are absolutely millions and millions of uh, and millions maybe billions of different critters that that evolution has not figured out. You know uh, where these. Uh, particular uh, critters uh, and, and creatures, uh, you know, uh, had transitioned from. And uh, so I think that, that those things are not minor. Uh, they're very, very important. Uh, for you that may have a little problem finding that thing about the uh, the land and sea monster, uh, you know, they had a real problem. People would say, well, you know, these whales... Uh, you know the the word means land and sea monster. So how could you call it a a whale? Well, they came up with some idea that they found some critter that had uh, they felt uh, legs that was a, a whale, and that had actually come up on the land because they're trying to protect uh, their their idiosyncrasies. Uh, but you know when you really read it in in uh, the um, Hebrew concordance dictionary number 8577 and and, and the, the the turn is tandems uh and tandems means uh, land or sea monster serpent dragon and and uh you know this was you know in the the, the uh, for the spelling of whale in the book of uh, uh of genesis the chapter the, the chapter that i read to you so it's very important okay uh, i don't have much time here but there's all kinds of things, you know, that have come out. Like there's the Babylonian flood story, uh, the Epic of of Gilgamesh, and uh, and people say, yeah, you see, that's older than the than the uh, the Noah's Ark flood. But the fact of the matter is, is the is this uh, Gilgamesh of uh, 
you know, is is not uh, Epic of Gilgamesh is not by any means the oldest story of the flood. There's several other uh, flood stories in other languages older than that. And it has been said that when uh, Abraham moved into Canaan, that that he may have taken some of these even older stories over there, which the Babylonian people got hold of, and then they made a mythology out of it. And and, and these things that Abraham had uh, could very likely have gone back all the way to to Enoch. Well, the Bible says in the book of Job that that uh, Enoch uh, that that he. Uh, you know that he he prophesied about the ten thousand that would be coming. Uh, that wasn't just a folklore, you know. That that was obviously written down, and so writing they haven't even begun to discover how far back it really goes. Uh, almost every day they are finding new discoveries that are just absolutely sensational, and uh, and so all of these different uh, groups the the uh, the Arcadians, the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Sumerians, uh, you know, yes, they they had tablets of writing, but you have to understand that uh, this uh, the, these uh, tablets were more like hieroglyphics, and they were not uh, in the form of a human language, uh, although some of the people tried to translate it that way. Uh, but but there was be a lots and lots of problems with trying to make a true translation out of it. <coughs> and that's why eventually it ceased to be, and they they went to a different language, it's because uh, it was not complete. So you can't get some a complete story and complete revelation out of it like Zachary, uh, you know, uh, Stitcher tried to do, because you know you're really dealing with a a, a pantheon of the gods, which were all you know. Uh, False gods, and 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 uh, uh, and they made him part human, part god, and uh, uh, so it's it's just such a shame uh, for people to get into those beliefs. And there's people that have gotten deep in this reptilian thing, and and uh, they're they're not under they're missing out on what the rest of the revelation is, which I don't have time today now to be able to give you that whole story because I've just I have just run out of time, but these uh, these legends, uh, you know, Satan knew what he was doing, and uh, and we we see the the scriptures. Uh, two scriptures I want to read before I close here. Uh, one I want to read the scripture uh, in Jude, and I want to read. This is sort of like that thing in the Presbyterian about how that there's things that are a destiny. They're just chose to be a destiny. In Jude. Uh, uh, verse 4, and there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our Lord into lasciviousness and denying the, the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus uh, Christ. Uh, we see that goes right along with the, with the terrors. And, and uh, that, that, that is a, a perfect example. Now, I want to read this one other scripture before we close. I've talked about it before. It's in uh, uh, Ezekiel 8. And God speaks to Ezekiel. And he says, I, I want you to do something. We're going to make a discovery here. There's some serious problems. And uh, he, he takes him by the, by, by the spirit. And he moves him over in this particular place. And uh, he says, now I want you to dig right here. 
And uh, so uh, in verse 7 of chapter 8, he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. Then he said unto me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had uh, I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. And he said, Now unto me, go in, and behold, the wicked abominations they do here. So I went in and saw, behold, every form of creepy things, abominable beasts, and all the, the, the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall around about. And there stood uh, before them seventy men of the, of the ancients of the house of Israel. In the midst of them stu- stood, and it names all these different uh, priests, and these, these are people that are into these, these uh, really uh, depictions uh, that they were doing of of all kinds of weird uh, formed beast and and you see in all honesty that is that's happening again today and you've got people that have uh, that have gone out there and they have preached these uh, reptilian concepts uh, they have uh, given a whole story tied in with with these ideas of uh, of uh, you know uh, people uh, uh, like uh, uh, Stitchin and uh, and they've got people believing in in these pantheon of of gods and and giving giving the power to them for having even made been involved in the creation of of the human race and and so God is raising up people like Ezekiel. And I believe I am raised up to say these things, just as Ezekiel was, that 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 that, that these these were people of the temple. There were seventy elders. They were the people of the temple, and they were allowing this, and they were getting into this thing of all these beasts and and the mingling of of the beast seed and the and and the the human seed. And we know that in the plan of of the forces of darkness, there are all of those kind of things that have their place in time. But if we don't if we don't interpret them based on the Bible, because it's all in the Bible, I wish I had the time to finish it out tonight, then, ladies and gentlemen, we have something solid, and we have something that does not take away from God, does not take the credit away from God, does not take the salvation away from Jesus Christ and the mercy from Jesus Christ. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll finish this, Lord Welling, or we'll carry on next week. But let this word live in you. Let this word make you strong. And get on to the, to the ship of God. And get off these things that people are doing with their imagination. In which the angels that came down said, I see that there is no limit to what these people will do. They're trying to make their own gods. They're trying to make their own religion. God bless you. I want to do a fast prayer. Please do get on the blogs. You're really missing out if you don't get on there. And please do make a comment. Our Father in Heaven, we pray for the people here today listening. Anyone that comes on and and listens, we pray for your healing power to reach out to them. Heal them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen.